a financial company called PNC, who for I think the last 16 years, they have been calculating the cost of the 12 days of Christmas. If you were going to present your true love with each one of the gifts of the 12 days of Christmas, and they've been doing this for 16 years now, and, and there's been about just a little bit, like about six-tenths of a percent price increase from last year to this year, it would cost about $36,000 for you to give your true love one of each of the 12 days of Christmas. So Pastor John, there's a Christmas idea for you. Now, because you like to shop online, actually, if you would buy those things online, it would be closer to $46,000 uh, for the 12 days of Christmas if you bought all those things online. And so I was looking at that, I was, I was thinking about that, and, and I thought, well, that seems pretty, it's not indescribable, but it seems pretty outlandish, doesn't it? I mean, who wants, you know, eight maids of milking if you have nothing to milk? Who wants, you know, drummers drumming when you're trying to sleep? And the five gold rings, probably okay, but that's about the only thing you really want. Maybe a pear tree. Maybe. I don't know how well they would do here in central Minnesota, but uh, my, my guess is not that great. So there we are with the 12 days of Christmas. Well, I don't know how many of you heard of Neiman Marcus. They put out a Christmas book. How many of you have ever looked at that? Now that is outlandish. Do you know that on, Chris, on New Year's Eve, you can take 300, they'll help you with this, 300 of your close personal friends to Times Square for a, a New Year's Eve celebration for $1.6 million dollars. There you go. That's ridiculous, isn't it? It's not indescribable. Well, there's a word to describe it. It's not indescribable, though, is it? I mean, that's just like, whoo. Do you know that you could buy his and hers Rolls Royces for $889,000? Two different colors, two different styles. His and hers, 889. Now, now, this is one that I thought was ridiculous. Go ahead, and, and I couldn't, I was asking Steph to help with the name, uh, the, the designer's name, but that is a purse, uh, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's not indescribable either, is it? I mean, we can all just, do you want, do you want to know? I mean, I, I think some teenage girl would love to have that. I don't even know if it would fit a large size of fry in there. It certainly wouldn't sit, fit Val's fries in there because they give you so many. But that purse right there is $5,600. $5,600 for a French fry purse. That's not indescribable. That's ridiculous. I have a word. Wait, What? Now, this one, if you want to know what you can get your pastor for Christmas, this is a gold-plated slinky, and that's only $500. I mean, everybody needs a gold-plated slinky that you can't put down the stairs or anything like that. My whole point in all of those things, again, in 2 Corinthians 9, 15, the, the Apostle Paul was writing, and he said, thanks be to God for your indescribable gift. And, 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 and I don't know if we could ever adequately explain or describe, particularly in a word, Jesus. When we think about his greatness, when we think about his love, when we think about his mercy, when we think about how do you describe 100% God and 100% man being put together, how do you describe that? How do you describe unending mercy? How do you describe unending love? How do you describe, how do you put into words all of those things? Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. In, I think it's in, in AD 451, there's a, the greatest theological minds of that time came together to describe Jesus, and this is what they came up with. Listen to this. Pay close attention. These are smart people. We then, following, we then the following, the Holy Fathers, 
all with one consent teach people to confess one and the same God, the same Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, the same perfect in Godhead and also perfect in manhood, truly God and truly man, of a reasonable, rational soul and body, consubstantial with the Father according to the Godhead and consubstantial with us according to the manhood. In all things like unto us without sin, begotten before all ages of the Father according to the Godhead and in these latter days for us and for our salvation, born of the Virgin Mary, the mother of God, according to the manhood, one and same Christ, Son, Lord, only begotten to be acknowledged in two natures, inconfusedly, unchangeably, indivisibly, inseparably, the distinction of natures being by no means taken away by the union, but rather the property of each nature being preserved and concurring in one person and one subsistence, not parted or divided into two persons, but one and the same Son, and only begotten of God, the word, the Lord, Jesus Christ, as the prophets from the beginning have declared concerning him and the Lord Jesus Christ himself has taught us and the creed of the Holy Fathers has handed down to us. And to that we say, what? What? I thought, yeah, can I repeat that? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Gordy the lawyer, he liked that. <laughs> It's a fancy way to say that it was God and flesh come together. Now, I read those words, and, and if I've probably wanted to spend a lot of time trying to take it apart, probably figure it out, but I kind of like God's method, and this is what he did. How many of you ever heard a picture paints a thousand words? So what did he do? He took that word, and he gave us a picture. In John chapter one and verse one, it says, in the beginning was the word. Everybody say the word. Now, here's what you need to know about words. Words are containers. Imagine like a five-gallon pail. Words contain things. Words, actually the book of Proverbs says that words contain life and words contain death. You watch certain news programs and their words will contain a bucket full of fear because those words will paint pictures. Words are like paintbrushes. That's why it's so important. The canvas of our life. Be careful who you give the paintbrush to because they can, through words, paint pictures of failure, of defeat, or of confidence and strength. Words are containers. God's word contains faith. And so it says here in John chapter one, in the beginning was not just a word, it's the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was made flesh. The description, the descriptor was made flesh and dwelt among us. And all through the Old Testament, I think that God was giving words to people. And you think about whether it was the theologians who tried to come up with a description of Jesus or songwriters who have tried to come up with a description of, of Jesus, of his nature, of character, of what he is and what he's done. And we read in the pages of the Old Testament, we think of Isaiah, you know, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. He will be called Emmanuel, God with us. What a great description. And so Jesus, as the word made flesh, is God with us in flesh form. But that wasn't enough for Isaiah. He went on and said his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Other places, he's the Rose of Sharon. 
Other authors write him as the bright and the morning star. He is the light in the valley of the shadow of death. He is the one who is our redeemer, our Passover lamb. He is the lover of our soul. He is the author of our salvation. John later said that he is bread, that he's a door, that he's a vine, that he is life, that he is everything that we need. Every single one of those words or descriptions or descriptors of Jesus came together And God put all of that word together in verse 14. It says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. All of those words from the Old Testament, from Genesis to, 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 you know, through through Malachi and, and then into the New Testament, all of those words were descriptions of the Savior of the world. And then he was born. For unto you a son is, is born, unto you a son is, a child is born, a son is given. That word became flesh, began to dwell among us. And, and, and then later, Paul, he, he, he's thinking of the immensity of Jesus, how big Jesus is. And again, he says, thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. He says, I can't describe him, but I'm going to try. <laughs> and yet words fail. And, and, and so all of these things are, are, are a part of what we celebrate at Christmas. Now, we have another agenda this morning and, and some things that I want to talk about. And I really want to try to connect some dots for you this morning. So be patient with me. Uh, um, there's a lot of things that in 2017 that, that have happened, that have gone on. And, 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 and so I want to, because this particular series that we're calling Indescribable, um, really started in January. I had met with Pastor Tommy and with Steph, and, and we had just come through Christmas, of course, last year, and, and, and I said, you know, I think it was in January, late January, early February. I was like, let's, let's take some things that we've learned from the past Christmas and the series and everything that we did, and, 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 and while the iron is hot, let's think about the end of this year, 2017, just in, in a planning way. And, and as I was thinking about it, this, this scripture just kind of leapt to my heart, and I never really thought a lot about it, and, and, and I just said, you know, I really... This this theme of indescribable is something that I think that I would really like to develop. And, and you know, so this was in January, wasn't really thinking about context, wasn't thinking about anything other than thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Jesus is a gift that's been given to you. He's been given to me. He's been given to this world and the immensity of it, the greatness of it is indescribable. And, and it seems like whatever it is that you have need of at that moment, that becomes the most important part of the many facets of Jesus. If you need healing, he is the healer. If you needed blessing, he's the blesser. He's the one who multiplies blessings. If you've been lonely and, 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 and he, he's the lover of our soul, if you've been you know, maybe rejected, he's the one who, who, who assembles, who brings us together, brings us closer. That's who he is. And it's many times that characteristic and that aspect of Jesus that you were first introduced to that resonates with you. And so when Paul said this, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift, I wasn't necessarily thinking about what Paul was saying. I was thinking about what I was thinking about. How many of you have ever approached scripture like that? Make it say what I needed to say rather than what it actually says. And so as, 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 as the year progressed a couple of months ago, I started kind of investigating, looking and, and, uh, at this. And, and uh, in January... I wasn't thinking about context, I was thinking about Christmas. And, and yet, when I read these words, Paul's context wasn't Christmas necessarily. Yes, Jesus is a gift. God so loved, he gave. And this is the season of gifts, so we can make that application. And yet, there's something different here that I think in connecting dots ties more to where we are today as a church than what I ever would have imagined back in January. And so, 
Paul's context for writing this, verse 15, it's the last verse of 2 Corinthians 9, but the first verse says, I realize that I don't really even need to mention this to you about helping God's people. He's writing to the church here at Corinth. He's commending them. He's bragging on them, verse two. For I know how eager you are to do it. And I have boasted to the friends in Macedonia that you were ready to send an offering a year ago. In fact, it was this enthusiasm of yours that stirred up many of them to begin helping. Now, what was going on here? Paul was commending the church at Corinth and saying, you guys were ready to give an offering. You guys were ready to to bless and to help somebody else. In fact, your giving was so impressive, such an influence that other people took notice and they wanted to do the same thing. That's what he's he's talking about there. And and so... he goes on, and, and, and in that, and, and, and so, as, as Pastor John mentioned, as you've, you're aware, we're, we're getting ready. We're going to receive our Joy to the World offering. Typically, we would have done it a couple of weeks ago, but there's things happening that, that I wanted to wait a, a little bit until everything, all the dust had pretty much settled on some things that were going on. And, and, and so, for those of you that perhaps this, you've not been here, maybe you've just started attending in the last few months or this year, first of all, I think everybody that attends this church have, have attended this church for any length of time. You, you know this, we very rarely do, other than our regular offering, we very rarely do a, a second offering. When we have guests, I don't like to do extra offerings. I don't like to do a lot of different things. We, we believe, I believe, that if we just do what God says to do, we're gonna be okay. I believe that with all of my heart. Now, that takes faith. That takes us stepping out sometimes when we don't want to, when we're uncomfortable. But, but one time a year over the last several years now, we've done and it started with what we called Make a Difference and, and then it transitioned to what we now call Joy to the World. And, and um, it's an opportunity for us as a church to see what everybody can do rather than just somebody or a few. And uh, for those of you that don't know, this church moves at the speed of we. We're not backed by a denomination, it's us. So whatever we do, we do. Whatever isn't done is because we have not yet done it. That's, that's really how I, I look at this. And so Joy to the World has been a way for us to take forty nine ninety five. ask everybody to get involved with that, everybody to be a part of that. If you call this your home church, we ask you to do that. And, and the heart of it really is generosity outside the doors of Joy Christian Center. Now, in, in the beginning, it was about, 50-50, you know, we did some, what we called, I wanted to say in-house and out-house, but it's not in-house, it's what? (laughs) What is, internal and external, that's, uh, no, internal, external? Okay, all right. There were all, there's always stuff that this church needs on the inside. There's always stuff. We just, it just always is. Just like your house, it, there's a lot of people come and go, a lot of stuff that happens. We just need stuff in here. And, and yet we want to be generous because that's re- our mission. How many of you know? We're part of a worldwide organization that's goal is global domination, aren't we? And we're a branch office right here in central Minnesota. We are going to meet needs here in central Minnesota. And it's one of the most difficult things for a local church to to conquer because there's so many needs on the inside. We tend to forget about stuff that has to happen outwardly on the outside. And so this is a way for us to turn our attention, for me as a pastor, to turn our attention to the outside rather than on the inside because I hear, I hear way more of this, Pastor Brian, we need lights. Pastor Brian, there's a hole in the wall. Pastor Brian, the, the parking lot has a, a, a big hole in it. Pastor Brian, this, that, and, and, and that's what I hear. You know, we need this ministry, we need that staff. We need, but there, very rarely does anybody on the outside say, Pastor Brian, we need... We, 
I, I need Jesus in my life. They're not, they're not thinking that way. We have to go out to them. And so it helps me in doing that. And so here's, here's the Apostle Paul. And, 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 and so uh, uh, the annual giving of 49.95 over the years, this is what we've been able to do. We've been able to, to bless, and, and this is outside the church. We've been able to you know, pull off a fun, fall fun fest. We've been able to bless uh, people at the veteran's home, people at the children's home, uh, uh, you know, a church up in Thief River Falls, and different, a lot of different things that you have done. It's amazing to me what 4995 can actually do. I had a pastor ask me, and I know exactly the thought process because they're looking at Fall Fun Fest, what it is today, and they're like, how do you afford this? And I said, because we have an awesome church. I really did. We have a great church. We really, really, go ahead and give yourselves a hand. I know you want to. We have a great church. And so I use, I see this example in 2 Corinthians 9 where Paul was saying, you guys are awesome. And, and, and you've inspired other people to give. You've inspired other people to, 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 to move beyond the selfish, self-centeredness to helping other people. He said in verse six, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. We understand that. Actually, we started out this year talking about the seed principle. That was one of the laws of God. You're blessed if you give. It's one of the laws of God. If you plant a little bit of seed, you get a little harvest. You plant a lot of seed, you get a bigger harvest. It's just the way that the kingdom of God works. And then he says, you, will, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. And you say, well, Pastor Ryan, you said I'm supposed to give $49.95. Well, I did say that because it's a sticky number, kind of a fun number. But I tell you what, this year, but this year only, if you want to give more, you can, all right? So if you want to give more than $49.95, in fact, the, the accounting department would really appreciate a nickel more because it's just easier for whatever reason to put in 50 than it is $49.95. But if you want to give, like I said, if you want to give $4,995, you can certainly do that. Some do. We appreciate that. But everything that is given, it goes to, to, to really what we believe as far as outreach and reaching beyond the borders of our church. So he said again, decide in your heart how much to give. But here's the real point. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. If you're feeling pressure this morning, don't give, all right? If you're, I would ask you to do this. If you're feeling pressure this morning, pray. Ask God, why do I feel pressure? Why is there reluctance? Why is there something building up? Because that answer will be revolutionary for your life. It really, really will. But he said again, don't give because of pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. I'm here to tell you this morning, it's not the amount, it's the heart. <laughs> so many things I want to say, and I, I just, I, between time and, and, and all of those things, but, but it's really the heart, and, and, and I believe this. I, I, this Shelly and I practice this. We're, we're going to give more than, than the forty nine ninety five, and it's not because we're rich. It's because we believe in the mission of the church, and, we, and God has blessed us, and we believe in that whole principle of if you plant a lot of seed, you get, you get some back, and I want to try to connect some dots for you this morning because it's the heart that's what's important. And if you can only afford $4.95, do that. If it's for whatever it is, do something. Amen? Do some, start somewhere. Get, as we like to say, get some seed in the ground so that God has something to bless. There's a lot of religious tradition and, and, and man, the church just wants my money. No, I don't want your money. I want, God wants your heart. And your heart and your treasure are tied together. God said, you can't serve two masters. He didn't say you might not be able to. He said, you can't do it. 
You can't do it. And so start somewhere. And for some of you, this will be the first time that you've ever stretched beyond what you thought that you could do. And maybe that $50, that $49.95 is, is a reach for you right now. But don't be afraid of it. Trust God. Trust God. And so, <laughs> when Paul said this about the farmer, don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves the person who gives cheerfully. You know, I went back and looked, and, and, and we've been doing Joy to the World since uh, uh, about 2013. Before that, we did something called Make a Difference. It was a totally different purpose. And, and as I mentioned, my heart really is generosity outside the church. Those early years, it was sort of half and half. But it's amazing to me in, in looking since, since 2013, you've given over uh, almost $150,000 to Joy to the World. And almost all of that has gone to other places, to other churches, to other ministries. Almost all of that has been a blessing outside of what we can do. And, and I tell you, when I say that it is amazing what 49.95 can do, isn't it amazing what 49.95 can do? It's awesome. It's incredible to me in that. And that's what Paul said in verse eight. He said, God will generously provide all that you need. Now remember, he's talking to the church here. He said, God will generously provide all that you need. Then you will ha always have everything that you need. And as a church from day one, we've always had everything. We've not always had everything we wanted, but we've had everything. We've never missed a payment. We've never, never missed a paycheck. We've never missed paying off something. We've, in 26 years, we've always had more than enough. Now, not as much more than I'd like to have, but it's still more than enough to do what God's asked us to do here in central Minnesota. And notice what he said, you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. And as a church, we've been able to build staff, build ministry, and do all of those things, but it's because I believe we've always been an endeavor to be a generous church. Verse nine, as the scripture says, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will always be remembered forever. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. And now, over the last couple of years, something has, has, has shifted and changed. And this is where I wanna try to connect some dots with you because the hindsight and looking backwards gives us a perspective that many times, many times we can't see when you're in the middle of it. And so in a small way, when I, I look at what happened in January into February, just this verse, and then following through the year and then realizing what I didn't realize, I never really thought about the context, but the context of this series was the farmer and, and it is this, for this verse, I'm sorry, is the farmer who sows seed and it was a church that was trying to bless another church and it inspired others and if there's a prayer that I have, it's that we at Joy Christian Center inspire other churches to do what they don't think they can do. There are a lot of roadblocks for people when it comes to a church. What can a church do? What can it accomplish? And it's in pastors and it's in, it's in leadership. And over the years, we've had to, we've had to fight some of those, those, those attitudes, if you will, the, 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 the assumptions. Well, it's just us. If we had another, if we, if we just had a denomination that would give us money, if we just had a, a, a baseball player, a hockey player, a football player who tithed to this church, if we just had, you know what we have? We have everyday people here. We have people, people that love God and like the church. 
and like seeing us be a blessing, like seeing us be an outreach. And so there have been a couple of things that over the last couple of years that for me have been, um, that have been just more important. I don't even know how to say that. Just it's, it's risen to the surface for me. And one is, and you've heard me say this, and, and again, I don't have time to go back into everything, but uh, Shelly and I pastored a smaller church in, in Pennsylvania, and I was just sitting at the piano just worshiping God one day, and I remember praying and, and thinking, God, we've got such a great church, and great things are happening. And, and, and it was about 45, 50 people that were coming on a regular basis. And, and uh, uh, you know, once in a while, the, the wind would blow the right way. There might be 65 or 70 people who would show up and, and you know, those kinds of things. And I remember thinking, man, I don't even know if anybody even knows that we exist. I don't know if anybody knows how good you are, God, in this congregation and, and what's happening. And I don't know if, God, if we just had just a little bit of help, if, if we had another staff position, if we just had this, we just, and I was thinking about all of those things and I began to, it formulated into a prayer, God, I believe everything that we need is right here, right now. But along with it, I said, God, if you would ever give me a platform, if you would ever give me the opportunity of a church of what people think is a big church, I wanna help other churches who are just like this church. And, and I mentioned that a couple of years ago, and it was really because we had, uh, through Joy to the World, we blessed a church in, in Monticello. It was a church that had began, just begun. They'd been going about a year, and we were able to give them $5,000 just as a way to help them. They were moving from a rented location to a, a more permanent location. It was still rented, but it was a permanent location. And having done portable church for four years, I knew that that's not a lot of fun. And I see Al sitting over there, and, and uh, man, it was a lot of Sundays and Saturdays of setting everything up and then running through, trying to get the sound to work, and then running through a couple songs, and then it's like, oh, that's right, we gotta do offering, and we gotta have a service, and then all of those things, and, and those were some, those were wonderful days. I, I, don't, I wouldn't trade them for anything, but I don't wanna do it again. <laughs> and so I realized that, and so we've had a desire to help other pastors, help other churches. There are a lot of pastors who are under-resourced, under-appreciated, and under-loved. I'm not one of them, and I thank you for that. I thank this staff and congregation and board. You guys are awesome for us and to us. We, we appreciate that a lot, but I know that's not the reality for the majority of churches and pastors, and so uh, that is something that's big on my heart, and, and I, I believe this. As a church, we always want to get better, Amen. We don't want to stay the same because most of you left churches that had stayed the same for the last two or 300 years. And you don't want to be a part of that church, do you? You want to be a church that keeps growing, that keeps, that keeps moving forward, that keeps doing, uh, trying to minister to people in 2017 the way that people in 2017 expect church maybe to happen. And so that's, that's what we've endeavored to do. And so over the last couple of years, we've, we've done outreach to churches, and we've done what we call growth track. It's a big step for us. And you might think, well, that's an investment in the church. It is an investment in the church. It's investment because you're the church, and it's an investment in people. But here's some dots that I want to connect to you because for you because I think, and I can't prove this necessarily, and you won't be able to disprove it, but I just want to give credit and glory and honor to God for a couple of things because I think that because of our willingness to be generous outside this church, because of our, and trust me, there's a temptation. Every time we do this joy to the world and I see anywhere from thirty to $50,000 that comes in, there, there are people that's like, well, can't we take some of that money? No, it's for these particular things. And it's like, you know, and trust me, it's like, boy, there's some needs I'd like to meet but it, in, in the congregation. But I believe that, that this is for us to be generous. It's for us to move outside of the church. And so here's, I think, an example of us 
being generous and giving outside the doors of the church and then God in a totally uh, unrelated way, at least in my opinion, doing something in a way that only God could do. Number one, um, um, I mentioned to you uh, the sign. And for those of you that, that drive past here, we used to have a sign and it was great in its day, but then it was ugly and it was awful and it was faded and it looked like, you know, you, I, and when I would look at it, it'd be like, I wonder if people wonder if there's a church inside there just from the way the sign looks. And it's very visible. And then, you know, there was the plastic letters and the, where's L at? There he is over there. He had to have shoulder surgery because from putting those, no, it wasn't because of that, but it's from putting those, from, from putting letters up there and they'd blow off and all those different things. Anyway, um, <clears throat> I don't know if you've ever priced a sign or not. And over the, actually early days, I was like, man, if, 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 if we just have a miracle offering, I'd love to replace that sign. This is years ago. Well, here's the reality. A sign like that, actually that sign costs almost, well, just over $55,000. That's a, that's that's an expense. You know, that's why we had an ugly sign for many, many years. <laughs> it's because it was expensive. And then there was a family in the congregation said, Pastor Ryan, I know that you've talked about a sign and that sign is ugly. That sign has to go. Here's what we're willing to do. And they were willing to, they paid about 60% of the price of that sign. And so for what I thought a sign should cost or what I actually thought it would cost, and, you know, price on signs apparently have gone up since I've ever looked at signs. And so we were able to, without debt to the church, put up a great sign. And it's a beautiful sign. And I think that it's because of our generosity that God inspired somebody in the congregation and blessed somebody in the congregation and said, we want to help with that project. Let's get it done. And we were like, yes, amen. Met with the board. And they were like, yep, let's do that. Amen. And so, so that's, a, that's a great testimony. In January of this year, I have a desire to help churches and pastors. And I've, and I've st- sort of started out down that road and just in the, in the circle of pastors that I know, just reaching out to them and talking to them and, and, and wanting to help their churches. I don't want any anything. I'm not looking for anything. I, I just, I see vision. I want to help it come to pass. In January of this year, I was asked by, um, it's a little bit involved, but Raymond Bible College is where I went to Bible school. Shelly and I went and we're ordained through that. Our church is an affiliate church. If you go to Growth Track Step 2, you hear a little bit more about our affiliation with Raymond Bible College. Pastor Tim, others in the church have gone to that school. Um, there's a fellowship of pastors and it's a loose organization, but uh, in January of this year, they asked me to be a Minnesota uh, district or region director for churches and pastors in the state or half the state of Minnesota um, as it relates to their organization, their churches. And my job basically is to, to reach out to them, to communicate with them, to care for them if something happens, to be there, to answer questions. And uh, one of my greatest answers, my favorite answers, is when a pastor calls and says, you know, I'm having trouble with this person or, or this issue and these people. And I say, well, where no oxen are, there the stall is clean. But there's great increase by the strength of the ox. If you want the strength of people, you're going to have to put up with a mess once in a while. So just get over it. It'll be okay kind of a thing, you know. And, and, and so, but to me, and that's a personal thing on the one hand, but it's a reflection of you. Over the last couple of years, we've reached out to pastors. We've blessed pastors. We've, we do a, 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 a day-long kind of a meeting and have hosted that and been a blessing. And, and in recognition of this congregation, uh, they see something that's happening here that they think would be good for other churches. And so thank you for that. And, and, and to me, that's a connecting the dot thing. That's something that God did because of a heart that was here, not because of a plan that I or anybody else had. And then the last thing that I want to talk to you about is just something that is, I think it's kind of like the exceeding abundantly above all you could ask or think. It is God sort of showing off, I think, is a kind of a way to look Look at it, but there's a lot of pieces to this. It's an arc that that has gone on for a, a, a feels like a long time, but reality about seven or eight months. And so, in the spring of this year, I, was, I had a phone call, and uh, 
uh, it was a person who was representing a, a, a family and, um, that had passed away. And they were asking if we were interested. There's a piece of land. All of you see it every time you leave church. If you go out here on 20, don't put that up yet. Now nah, go ahead and put it up. No, nah, wait, put, take it away. <laughs> no. But, but uh, when you look at that, um, you see the church down in the bottom there in the center in the parking lot, and then you drive up that road, and the part that's in blue, and there's just a little bit that, because it's three different parcels. And so um, the representative of that land, and if you look over to the right just a little bit, you see a little house, and at one time all of that land was, was owned by a particular family. The mom passed away, and the land was the last thing. It's been in trust for about 10 years, and they've been trying to sell it. And uh, I was aware of it years ago, and they wanted $180,000 for just about seven acres of land, and uh, there was no way we were interested at that price. And then uh, in the spring, the guy called me and said, hey, this is price to sell. We, really, we just want to get rid of it by the end of the year. We're asking $79,000. And I was like, you know what? That's that's great. It's a lot less expensive, but I said, I'm really not interested. The road right there is kind of a natural barrier. Um, you know, I was talking about the sign that we have to do with lights and all these different things that were, you know, sort of priority and, and it wasn't a big deal to us. Talked with the board and it's like, yeah, no, not really. And the guy kept calling and, and you know, at, at one point I just said to him, you know, I'm almost embarrassed to tell you what I think that we would even be willing to offer to you. And he goes, well, he goes, right now, he said, I'll listen to anything. And I said, I don't think we could do thirty-five dollars or $40,000. I think that is a stretch. And he goes, well, that, that, you know, he goes, tell me what you can do. And I said, I, I, don't, I don't even want to say because I'd embarrass you. He goes, well, just give me a, 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 an offer. And I, I, I just sort of hemmed and hawed. And, and I was talking to Pat Fleming. I, he said, you know what, just sort of slow roll and we'll see how much pressure he's under and how much, you know. And so it kind of went through the summer and we'd talk every once in a while. And, and, um, and then to make a long story a little bit longer, I said, hey, Pat, uh, why don't you, you're a negotiator, why don't you talk to this guy? When, when I first talked to him, he said, you know what, it was right before Mother's Day, and he goes, I, guess, I really feel like my mom, and she had visited this church once or twice and lived in the area, and, and uh, I, I just really feel like my mom would like for the church to have the land. And I'm thinking to myself, well, it's Mother's Day, and how much do you think your mom really wanted, your, wanted this church? You know, I'm thinking, although I didn't say that. Well, Pat just came out and said, hey, you know, you said your mom wanted the, the church to have the land. Why don't you just gift it? Why don't you just give it? And he goes, well, that's not out of the realm of possibility. We might be open to that. And, and um, that didn't happen, but um, I know you're all like, what? <laughs> and, and so um, we're now into the fall, and I get a letter from, and I can't remember if it was Benton County or, or where, but it came to the church, and, and basically, um, whenever there's a, people involved in land and there's a zoning thing, uh, uh, which this land was zoned uh, a certain commercial class, and the person wanted to have it rezoned. There was a person who was interested in buying it, and so we get the letter that there's an agreement between the person I've been talking to and a person who wants to buy the land, and they're now going uh, to the powers that be to see if that land could be um, rezoned. And when I got that letter, I was shocked because I was like, oh, we, I thought we were the only ones who were even interested in the land and then, um, uh, and all of those things. And so I thought, well, that's, that's, you know, it was kind of fun while it lasted. And, you know, I just don't think that, you know, I, I don't even know why, you know, that was even presented to us. God, what are you doing? What's going on? It seemed like this was kind of a, kind of moving our way. And then all of a sudden it didn't. And, um, 
And so while all that happened, we, as the board, we met, and I was pointing over here to Gordy because Gordy's on the board, but uh, as the board, we met, and uh, we said, well, let's just make an offer. And so uh, Pat put together an offer, presented it to him, and we put in an offer of $20,000, and we would pay uh, up to $5,000, lawyer fee, closing costs, whatever it would be, no more than $25,000 from the church. And the guy said, you know, that's a good offer. We, We appreciate that. We'll think about it. And that was sort of about the same time, apparently, that this person was dealing with another person about the land. Um, and, and I had talked to the person about the land and uh, I had found out, is it all right to share this publicly? I just thought of that. Well, anyway, put it this way. The person who, ha- who had an agreement to buy the land based on zoning uh, was offering significantly more than what we had offered to, to them. And I thought, well, the sellers are smart. They're gonna take that offer. The county is gonna want tax revenue. Uh, they'll probably figure out a way to rezone and do those different things. And I just sort of put it off and put it on the shelf. I said, well, God, apparently you've got something different and I don't know. Well, then on, on Halloween, October 31st, Pat called me and said, hey, he goes, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm getting ready to go over to Fall Fun Fest. What are you doing? He goes, well, I just talked to the representative of the land, and he said uh, uh, that if we still want the land, the land is ours. And I was like, what? Of all the things, Pat, that you were going to tell me, that I thought you might tell me, that is not one of them that was even on my radar. And so Joy Christian Center, we own seven acres, almost seven acres of land. This right up here at the end of the road, when you leave today, you'll look straight ahead, and you'll see some woods on your left and all of that piece of ground, uh, just, just under seven acres for uh, about $20,000. Now, that's, that's awesome. Amen. Now, I know all of you are going to think this, what are we going to do with it? Right? Yeah, Gordy's already like, I'm going to shoot some turkeys because there's a bunch of turkeys up on that hill. (laughs) No, we're not going to do that either. I don't know what we're going to do with it, but it's ours. I know this, God's got a plan. But here's, here's the bigger picture. This is what I think, and these are the dots. I don't think, and, and the reason I wanted to wait, and I just wanted to wait because it was like, you know, there have been enough other hiccups along the way. It's, it's almost official. We haven't signed things. We haven't exchanged money yet. But, but in, in principle, we've agreed, and they've agreed, and it's all coming together. And so uh, before the end of this year, we will own that seven acres. And, and um, um, you know, so I don't know. There's potential for a shed there. We need a lot of things. And so put it this way, I'm just glad that we have control over it and somebody else doesn't. That's one of my, probably the bigger thing. And how many of you know, they're not making any more land. So it's just good on our bottom line from a business decision, from a business standpoint, is good for us to have that property. So I said all that to say this, the apostle Paul was writing about, uh, about helping others that were in need. And he said, when we do that, God will make sure that he will bless you. God will make sure that you have what you need. And I see that happening over and over and over again. And the part in verse two, when he said, when Paul said this in verse two, I know how eager you are to do it, and I've boasted to the friends in Macedonia that you were ready to send an offering a year ago. In fact, it was this, and this is, this is my prayer, it was this enthusiasm of yours, Joy Christian Center, that stirred up many of them to begin helping. I think that it is amazing what 49.95 can do. 
And over the years, we've been able to bless other places and organizations and churches in ways that we never thought we could. And so we put together a quick video. When that's done, we're gonna ask you to get involved. And, and, and again, suggested donations, suggested $49.95 because it's fun and it's easy. But whatever you need or want to give, you can give online, you can give through the end of, of, of the month. And, um, but, but we're gonna make a difference in central Minnesota. We're gonna make a difference around the world. Amen? So this is what your giving has done over the last couple of years. Go right ahead. We wanna be a blessing, Amen? And we know this, it's true, everybody can do more than somebody can. And so often we're waiting for somebody else to do that because it's too hard for us. But if everybody has the same heart and the same passion, the same desire, same vision, powerful things, tremendous things can happen. And we ask everybody to get involved for $49.95. And, and it isn't so much about the amount although that's important. It isn't so much, it doesn't really, really matter to me if it's $49.95 or $4.95 or $4,995. That part doesn't matter as much as it does the heart behind it. Because the heart behind it is, we wanna be a blessing. And so we have a check for you today uh, from Joy Christian Center from the community of St. Cloud for your efforts here at the uh, Salvation Army and what you do. And so God bless you. Thank you so much for uh, the care that you show to people that uh, are less fortunate. Uh, on behalf of Joy Christian Center, Clearwater Travel Plaza, Thank you for the generous gift that you bestowed upon all the pastors here under our care. And this means a lot. It shows a heart of giving. It's very important that, that as you share, that you realize there's a blessing and a return promised for giving unto the Lord. So we're in the joy ride. We're heading over to the Salvation Army, um, bringing the food that everybody brought to Fall Fun Fest. And those of you at Joy, we're a river. We get to just be a river and pass the blessing on. So we're gonna go bless their socks off and, and give them this food and know that it'll it'll be where it needs to be. Uh, so thanks, Joy Christian Center. Our group is called Joy Riders, and uh, we did a benefit a few weeks ago uh, as well that raised some money, sold rocks and things like that. And uh, so from the generosity of a couple of places, Clearwater Travel Plaza as well, uh, we were able to, we are able to present a check for $4,000 to you. And, uh,
Amen. Give yourselves a hand. Come on, church. You guys are awesome. Praise God. Well, with that, it is our privilege to take our offering this morning. I'm going to ask the Connections team to get ready. Uh, we're going to ask you to get ready. I want to finish with this thought um, in 2 Corinthians 9. And um, we're going to receive the offering together. And, and 100% of this offering is going to be a blessing uh, to churches, to pastors, to ministers. We're going to continue to invest in the local church because I believe that the local church is God's plan A. There is no plan B. God's not willing that any perish. We're to reach outside of ourselves. And the Apostle Paul, I think by the time he got to the end of that 15th chapter, that that ninth chapter in the 15th verse, he was so overwhelmed by the generosity and goodness of God that he said, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. I can't describe him. All I can do is thank him. I can't describe how powerful he is. All I can do is worship him. And I think it's fitting that we, first of all, whenever you give an offering, it it really is a worship because it's a part of you. It represents your time. It represents your talent. It represents your treasure. It represents some of the most important parts of you because you all get, you work, you receive an income, And so you're giving your strength, you're giving those things, but you're giving it to God. We're so happy you joined us today. If you're ever in the St. Cloud area, we invite you to join us for one of our 9 or 1045 a.m. services. If you made a decision today to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, we'd love to hear about it. We invite you to email us or contact us through our website, greatjoy.org.